Good morning. I hope everyone's having a good week out there, as I guess as good of a week as you could have, all things considered here. Um, I hope we'll be able to cool off a little bit soon. The temperatures will drop a little bit, I'm hoping. Uh, and I hope that'll all make our lives a little bit easier. Uh, today, we're going to take another look at one of Jesus' parables. This one is called the Parable of the Laborers in the Vineyard. And uh, Jesus didn't name his parables, it's what we call it. Uh, it's a story that seems in a lot of ways when I hear it, like a story that could have been written here in Arizona, because it's a story about day laborers. So the basic gist of it is you have this guy who owns a vineyard, and uh, he's got all these grapes to be picked, just like uh, farmers do, and when harvest season comes, there's this huge demand to have to harvest all these grapes at one time. So what would they do? They go into town to find people willing to work. They, today, they might be hanging out at a Home Depot or something. Back then it was hanging out in the square in the marketplace, but it's the same idea. So in Jesus' parable, there's the guy. He owns the vineyard, he goes into town, finds some laborers early in the morning, picks them up and fills them up. You'd imagine today they jump in the back of the truck, probably to the wagon then. So they get in the wagon and they go to the vineyard and they work, but it's not enough people. So he comes back at nine, gets some more people. Comes back at noon, gets some more people. Comes back at five, gets some more people. And then finally he's finished. Now, with each group, with each group that comes, he promises them one denarius. And a denarius is the day's wage for that time and place. It was, it was the standard one day payment for labor. So it was a very standard wage. But what gets interesting about the parable is he promises that to everyone along the way. So the one at nine and the one at noon and the ones at five all get the same wage. And at the end of the time, of course, when the people who worked all day and got paid one denarius find out the people who worked one hour got paid one denarius, they get angry and they grumble. And they grumble. Now, it's interesting when you look at these day laborers, how the whole situation plays out. Yes, it's a parable, so it's a story that Jesus made up. You know, it could be real, but we know Jesus made it up. But Jesus includes details, some details and not others. And I think that's important because I think it does make a difference what things Jesus chooses to include. Uh, for example, it doesn't say anything about the guys in the square who are waiting. It doesn't say if they're lazy or hardworking. It doesn't say why they're in the square. It doesn't say what they're doing. Uh, it doesn't say if these are people who have really tried to find a permanent job or just doing odd jobs. It doesn't say if they're sober or if they're high. It doesn't say if they dropped out of school uh, because they're lazy or if they quit for a disability or if they graduated and couldn't find a job. <coughs> doesn't say. It doesn't give these details. Uh, so clearly to Jesus, why they're in the marketplace, their, their background, their work ethic, their personal history isn't important. All that matters is they're out of work and they're waiting for work and a guy comes by and gives them work. And so, you know, which is interesting because if we were telling it today, I know someone would want to know. We'd, we'd want to know those background facts, right? Were they trying to find a full-time job? 
Uh, were they staying clean? Were they going to school? Uh, uh, when they were waiting to, for labor, were they uh, trying hard to get picked up for a job? Were they kind of hanging out in the corner? We would want to know all these things because we'd want to decide sort of whether they were deserving or not. Jesus never gets into that at all. He makes no distinction. The people picked up first, the people picked up last. There's no background to give you any difference between them. So then the parable goes on, right? Uh, as we said, everyone gets promised the same wage, and the landowner, the vineyard owner, follows through on this. He gives everybody the same wage. He made a promise, and he kept it. So there's no weird dealing going on here. And, uh, but I could imagine, you know, those who had worked all day, I, I can hear the grumbling, right? You can hear the grumbling when they're standing in line and the vineyard owner has his denarius coins and he gives one coin to each person and the ones at the end are like, hey, this isn't fair. I worked longer, I was out here all day, they barely did anything, they spent all day just hanging out in the square and they get the same as me? Well, that's not fair. But here's the deal. And the landowner points this out in the parable. You agreed to it. The owner said one denarius. He paid you one denarius. You agreed to it. You, you followed the terms of the deal. I followed my terms. Nobody's been cheated here. No one's been robbed. How is that not fair? And, and, you know, I sit and ask this, and I go, well, why do you care? I mean, those of you who work the whole day, why do you care how much they got paid? Why does, what does it matter to you if the people who worked at the end get the same amount as you? What harm is that to you? How does that hurt you? You know, you're good. You weren't cheated. Go home and be happy, you know? But you're not. You guys are not happy. You're grumbling. Why? Because you feel like you've been cheated. So would you be happy if the guys who worked one hour got what? A fifth of a day's wage or an eighth of a day's wage? Would that amount make you happy? And would it make you happy if you knew that the people who came in and got picked up at the end of the day, through no choice of their own, of course, they didn't choose it. It was the landowner who chose to pick them up. But either way, it, would it make you happy if you found out that the people picked up at the end of the day who only worked one hour had to go home with their little bitty fraction of a day's wage and sit down at supper at night with the kids and instead of saying, hey kids, I got us a full meal at uh, Boston Market on the way home. He had to go home and say, here, here's one little loaf of bread, split it up, we're going to make do because an eighth is all I got and I don't get any more. Is that what you want? Would that make you happy? To see their kids going to bed hungry? It, it, again, the parable doesn't say anything about anyone being lazy or hardworking. Anyone gaming the system or following along? Nobody knew that the vineyard owner was going to do this. It was not announced. So there was no conspiracy of people to go and hide behind the fountain at the beginning of the day so they wouldn't be seen and then wait until the five, they knew the five o'clock uh, pickup was coming and then jump on board. 
Nothing was announced in the parable. They didn't know. It really just boiled down to luck. It was really just a question of luck. The people picked up at the end of the day, worked one hour, and got a full day's wage. They got lucky. But normally, normally the way it works, of course, is the ones picked up at the beginning of the day were the lucky ones because they would make the most. And the ones picked up last would be unlucky because they would make very little and they'd go home to the kids and not have enough. But here, Jesus switches it. And he does this in parables all the time. He reverses it. He switches it so the ones who normally would have been the lucky ones suddenly end up the unlucky ones. And the unlucky ones who would have, should have had less money suddenly got the same amount. They got lucky. There's no merit in the story. It was all just chance. But it's Jesus flipping it. He's reversing it. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And this is the way of the kingdom of God. Now, the parable is designed to get under your skin because it's deliberately not fair. It isn't fair. But God never says that the kingdom of God is fair. I mean, I tell my kids life isn't fair. And it will never be perfectly fair, so get used to it. But I think we still kind of expect that from God, right? I mean, if God's just and God's fair, then, then God will reward those who work more than he rewards those who work less. But God never says that. There's nothing in the Bible that says that the kingdom of God is a merit system where there's promotions and, and ranks and uh, titles and... It, Jesus never says it works that way. When Jesus returns, he says, when Jesus returns on the last day, there will be a weeding out. There will be a sorting between those who were faithful and those who were not. And some, by the time that day comes, will have gone through horrible suffering and others will have had it easy because some were born at a rough time and some were born at an easy time. And some of those people will have been faithful their whole lives. And they will have loved and they will have served the Lord and sacrificed everything. And, been, and yeah, they will be a part of the kingdom. And there will be some who will come to faith Ten minutes before the end, when they feel their last breath leaving them, and then they'll, at that last minute, they will have that reckoning and go, Oh yeah, I better uh, change my mind now. And they too will be in the kingdom of God. And the same kingdom. There's not levels. Right? It isn't like level one is for the martyrs, and level two is for the missionaries, and level three is for the people who staff the stewardship committee, you know, but level, you know, six and seven, you know, they're kind of for Christmas and Easter people, or last minute conversions, or, you know, and, and, and you know, level one's got all the good jacuzzis, and, and they even get live shows by Johnny Cash, but, you know, level seven, you know, they, they just have to deal with a cold lake. It's just the way it is. That's not how the kingdom of God works. It's based on generosity, not on works. 
It's about God being generous and loving, not about us earning rewards that we are entitled to. And so those of us who work our whole lives, who give and give and give, should be happy for those who come at the last minute. We should rejoice that someone found God. We should rejoice in the sinner who has saved. We should not get mad and think that they got away with something. If they were truly gaming the system, Kind of like Bart Simpson says in one of those ancient Simpson episodes, how he's just going to wait for the last minute conversion. He's going to live it up big and then at the very, at the very, very end on his deathbed he's going to change and then he'll get into heaven. And then Ned Flanders said, well, what if you die suddenly? You know, I'd hope your faith isn't based on trying to uh, beat an unexpected death. But you know, okay, you got to think. If someone's really trying to game the system, and banking on God's grace to get away with more sinning, then don't you think God can see through that? I mean, and isn't that God's problem? I mean, there's a phrase worth saying when we talk about the kingdom of God and fairness. And it's one you have to repeat to yourself over and over. Why can't I just be happy for them? So what? They sat around all day in the marketplace. And they didn't pick as many grapes. And they didn't get their hands as dirty and their backs as sore. And they got to go home to their families with a full day's wage without enduring all the hardship. Why can't you just be happy for them? They weren't trying to game the system, they just got lucky. And this is not an ongoing thing. You know, they didn't inherit millions of dollars so that they can live on Lamborghinis and yachts and mansions and, and sit out in the Hamptons wearing seersucker designer suits and hang, you know, and hanging out with supermodels they neither respect nor will commit to while sipping Mai Tais and making jokes about the help. That's not what's going on here. They're day laborers who don't have big inheritances and who, who don't have the skills to land or the land, maybe they didn't own the land, to get the job with the big bucks. So they're doing the best they can and they're sitting there at the Home Depot or in the town square waiting with the anxiety of not knowing if you're going to get a job that day or not. Not knowing whether you're going to have money or not. And if it'll be a good day or a bad day, and you don't know if the construction manager is going to drive by, is going to think, yeah, that's a guy I want, or that's a guy I want, or if he likes people who look this way and not that way. They're people just scraping by in a life of insecurity. And one day, one day, a rich landowner decides to be generous and overpay. And that one day, the guy has a good day. And it could go back to no work tomorrow. But today, kids, there's a full dinner on the table. Why can't you be happy for them? Why does it always have to be about worrying? 
that someone, somewhere, somehow is getting by without working as much as I am. Why is it always that worry that someone in poverty is getting an extra few hundred dollars and an extra social service here or there that might technically be a little bit more than they qualified for? They're poor. They had a better day. Be happy for them. I don't know about you, but I, I often wonder if part of this envy comes from the fact that if you really hate your job and you resent doing it and you wish you weren't doing it, then you do get a little bit more resentful. You know, I like my job. I like what I do. I like to think that if I did inherit millions, I would still do my job even if I didn't get paid. I would not go buy a house in the Hamptons and put on seersucker and act like a unkind person to the help. You know, I like what I do. I can't imagine sitting around. I get bored to death. Now, I suppose if my job was something like cleaning truck stop bathrooms, God bless the people who clean truck stop bathrooms. And I hated my job, and I thought of it as a curse, and all I could think of was how soon I could get done. Maybe I'd be a little bit more envious. But I don't think of... Uh, sitting around all day as a blessing, to me that's a curse. I'd be bored to death. I'd go insane. I couldn't imagine just standing there in the marketplace with nothing else going on. To me that's so purposeless and pointless. That's not a life I want. Even if I got paid to sit around and do nothing, that's still not a life I want. I don't envy that. I don't feel ripped off if I don't get it. So having to work all day, at least it's something I like, that's a blessing. And so it's up to me to be generous with the blessings I have for those who aren't as blessed as I am. It's not for me to decide who's deserving or who isn't. I'll let God figure all that out. For me, I'll be happy for those who catch a break because the kingdom of God is built on generosity and grace. And it's a blessing for me to be able to show grace to others and to be generous to others with what I have. For that is the way of the kingdom of God. Amen.